Hi, welcome to 45th Street. I hope you've come here looking to learn more about the Lord. It's my prayer that something that will be said on this channel will give you more of a desire to be a part of his church family. I invite you to come visit us at our physical location at 7600 Division Avenue, so over in the East Lake community, or you can continue to find out more about us at 45bc.org. Well, here comes a sermon. My prayer is that it's a blessing to you. God bless you, and take care. Come on, turn to you. Turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, verse 20. chapter 27 verse 20 I anticipate we'll start a new sermon sermon series next next week but as the Lord gives me messages to preach to you this one continue to resonate with me, uh, perhaps because of all of the things that have been going on in the world and in our community. Uh, he said to me that I need to come and to reassure you that everything's going to be all right. That even though things continue to point in negative directions. He's still in charge and he's still blessing us. And so with that in mind, he gave me this passage of scripture. I want to read it to you out of the King James Version and then read it to you in the NIV Version, which may be your version of the Bible, just to show you that it reads a little bit different. Verse 20 reads, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appear, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. And in the NIV version, that same passage reads, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. You can't live in Alabama for too long 
without having to develop a maturity when it comes to paying attention to the weather. I've noticed that a lot of young folk don't pay attention to the weather. Yeah. They don't unless they now get a text alert that says it's raining. But a lot of them don't pay attention to the weather. But as you mature, you start realizing in Alabama, you better pay attention to the weather. You need to pay attention to the weather. But as the truth be told, while we do pay attention to it and go about hurrying our lives whenever there's a hint of too much rain or too much wind or too much snow, we go and buy too much bread, too much milk, <laughs> too much other stuff, and always end up having it left over. But you got to pay attention to the storms. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you now, there's absolutely nothing we can do to change the weather. No, 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 no. We're all aware that weather prediction seems a best guess business at most. And that's with all due respect to Al Roker and James Spann and all the other prognosticators of the weather. With all due respect to them, I'm always laughing on the Today Show when folks come on there and they turn to Al and they say, thank you for giving us this great weather. And Al always appropriately says, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. That's always amazing to me. Look, we can predict it, but we can't prevent it. We can prepare for it, but we cannot be certain of it. Yeah, and we can like it or dislike it, but in the end, I hate to tell you, we can't change it. And so today, for just a little while, with that as a backdrop for what might be going on in some folks' lives right now, and I believe it is, I know it to be true, I want to use as a central thought, though the storms keep on raging. Though the storms keep on raging. Despite the fact that we can't change the weather, we are drawn to the forecast. Some of us keep a weather radio in our home. If you're at work and you have access to a computer, you keep it on weather.com or something so you can get a continuous feed. We know what it means when they talk about looking at Doppler radar. We listen to the endless chatter that goes along with it. And perhaps, perhaps, perhaps because of your lot in life, you're simply irritated when the predictions and warnings it interrupt your previously scheduled favorite program, or when those warnings and forecasts <laughs> cause the closing down of some activity that you had longed to participate in. Maybe it's that same kind of irritation that creeps across your face or into your mind when you hear about a storm that's blown in somebody else's life. Yeah, perhaps it stops you from engaging in some activity because somebody's else, somebody else's life was interrupted by a storm. 
And sometimes we're just mildly irritated, but oh, let the storm come to you. Let the storm be raging in your life. And suddenly you have a completely different perspective when it comes to dealing with the storm. It was, I think, the dynamic preacher H. Beecher Hicks who famously said, everybody deals with storms. Nobody is immune from dealing with storms. In fact, he, for, he said, you're either in a storm, you just came out of a storm, or you're on your way into a storm. But everybody, mark my word, everybody deals with a storm. It would seem fair from a celestial point of view, from a heaven look, that if you just came out of a storm, you wouldn't have to worry about facing another storm again. Unfortunately, storms don't work that way. No, 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 no. The reverse is true. And I came to tell you I've experienced and seen that storms just keep on raging. The big tornado that came through Birmingham and surrounding areas on last year, while there was one that came through that tore up almost all of the, lands the landscape from Tuscaloosa on up through the eastern side of the, the northern side of Birmingham, people forget that a couple of days before, a tornado had already come through. And some of those folks who had just been hit by this first tornado ended up getting hit again by the second tornado. And maybe it's not the weather pattern that bothers you. Maybe in life you've had some financial storms. The ill winds of monetary adversity in your life have come, and it looks like the more money you make, the less you have to spend. It seems as if just when you get to the point where you can pay that bill you've been struggling to pay off, just as soon as you get the last note paid, you go out and declare victory on it, you turn around and go to the mailbox, and the postman is turning to you with another bill. Storms just keep on raging. Yeah, the Lord wants me to tell you today that even though you find yourself in a storm, it's not just so something can happen on that day of the year. The storm isn't put there just to fill a void in activity. There's a purpose when God allows you, us, to go through a storm. Yeah, yeah, and maybe he, one of the uh, songwriters in one of my favorite movies, The Color Purple, said God is trying to tell you something. God is trying to tell you something. Maybe his voice comes in an arctic blast that chills to the bone. Maybe it's a torrential island downpour like you find in the Caribbean. Perhaps it's just one of them good old-fashioned molly washes that happens in Alabama. Rain that just seems to go on and on and on. It has children at the window wishing and saying, rain, rain, go away. Little Andre wants to play. Come again another day. Maybe it's just one of those kind of rain. 
You might not like the tone of his voice, but one thing is certain, when the storm comes, God is talking. And I want you to remember that he who is in charge of the sunshine also supervises the shadows. Yeah, he who works with the wind also regulates the rain. And he who designs the snow and the snowflakes is also the same one who ushers in the flowers of spring. He takes charge of the storm. And our task, our job, is to listen and to see what he is trying to say to us through this storm. Sometimes he doesn't say much. Sometimes you can't hear him. But my Bible tells me in Psalms 46 and 10 that he's there even when you can't pick it up in the form of a still, small voice that reminds you to simply be still and know that he is He's God. See, sometimes the storm comes along so you can sit down and be still. Sometimes the message is that you need to just sit down and be still. Stop moving so much. I love it when I was younger and it would rain. My mama would gather us all. I don't know. Mama may have been a little afraid of the storm. She may have been, but when she was... When it was raining, she would get all the children together and sit us down and say, sit down, baby. And we would start to talking, and she'd say, shh, don't talk. Shh, be quiet. Be quiet. I believe parents still do the same thing today. When there's a whole lot of noise outside, you can't pay attention to it if there's a whole lot of noise inside. That, that's not just true in your house. I mean, in, in, in your house, that's also true in your life. When there's a whole lot of stuff going on around you, you need to sit down so you can listen. Listen to the Lord. But what's this storm like from a biblical perspective? What is the Bible talking to us about when it comes to storm? Because as calm as the exterior is on some of the folks who sit next to you, as cool as they are, they don't even get clammy. They don't sweat, they don't perspire, they've always got a smile on their face. They're always showing you and telling you that everything is all right, but I've got news for you, sitting next to you is somebody who's sitting in the middle of a storm. Oh yeah, there is a tornado, no, no, a tsunami blowing in their lives right now. And even though they can fool us and show us that everything seems to be all right, you can't fool God. And the big question is, do you know that God is paying attention to you even in the middle of a storm? Look, 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 look. From a biblical perspective, there are plenty of folk in Scripture who have to deal with storms. And there are lessons that have come out of each one of those situations that I need for you to take heed of because the same message that applied to them, them can apply to you as well in your situation. But... Don't think you're going to get up from here and just because you had a Sunday morning worship that the storms are going to stop. I hate to tell you right now, but the storms just keep on raging. Noah knew something. 
about storms. God sent one his way, and it wasn't a small storm either, Reg. This was a mighty storm. The storm lasted for 40 days and 40 nights. But God had been telling Mo Noah so long before that a storm is going to come. Noah paid attention to him, and when the storm finally hit, Noah was prepared to deal with the storm. And so one has to ask the question, Noah, what did you learn in the middle of the storm? What was the lesson from the storm that God sent your way? And I believe if Noah was here today, you'd hear him say, I learned that God expects us to live a certain way. And when we don't live a certain way, it's displeasing to him. And when God is displeased with us, he will punish us for our actions. And he said, but I've also learned that even though God will punish us, he's a loving and just God. Because he told me exactly how to deal with this storm. And he did another thing, Reverend Johnson. He promised me that he would never, ever take out his punishment on us in that manner again. He said, I'll never destroy the earth again with water. And Noah, just in case you forget, I want to leave a sign for you. I know some folk have misappropriated the rainbow and what it means, but the rainbow is a sign of a promise from God that he'll never destroy the earth again with water. In fact, we know that it's going to be fire next time. But it's going to happen. Are you ready for it? The storms just keep on raging. Jonah knew something about a storm. Yeah, it caught him by surprise when he went down to the dock and got on the carnival triumph and was trying to sail over the Joppa. Even though God had told him to get on the Norwegian cruise line and told him to go the other way, say, I got a mission for you on the other end, he decided he was going to save a little something and got on the carnival triumph. And lo and behold, what happened when he found himself in the middle of the sea and the ship is on his side. And the ship went on down and guess what? He found himself in the middle of a great fish. And while he's in the middle of a great fish caused by him going overboard in that storm, I believe Jonah, if he could come talk to us today, would tell us, I learned some lessons, Ingrid, while I was in the storm. Yeah, Jonah would tell you that while I was in the storm, I learned you may run, but you sure can't hide from the Lord. There's a whole lot of lessons in scripture about storms, y'all. Don't, don't think you just have a meaningless weather activity going on in your life. Don't think you're just going through something because God is messing with you. There's a purpose in everything he's trying to do. Peter learned and while he, was, he too was at sea. He found himself asleep with the rest of the disciples when they found themselves in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee. And all of them were a little afraid anyway. And Peter looked beyond the mist that was rising from the water, Reggie, and he saw what appeared to be something. No, it couldn't be. No, no, I mean, I know I'm scared and I might be a little seasick out here, but it's something going on because when I look over the waves that are dashing against the boat, it looks like I see a man walking toward me on the water. And as if I'm not losing my mind all the way, the man that seems to be walking toward me looks like Jesus Christ. It looks like him walking on water, on the top of water, coming toward me. And Peter, for a moment, found himself emboldened because apparently he was the only one 
that could see the vision just like it was and he was bold enough to step up and step out of the boat. My Bible says that Peter was doing all right until something distracted him. I don't know what it was, whether there was a giant dolphin that jumped out of the water. I don't know if a stingray came by and flashed at him. I don't know if a whale tooted up at him and said something. I don't know what it was that got his, his, his attention, but I do know that he took his eyes off Jesus Christ. And I'd say to him, Peter, what a dynamic adventure you had on the water. Can you please tell me what happened and what did you learn from being on the water and walking on water and I know Peter would say that if you're in the middle of a storm you better keep your eyes on Jesus Christ so since the storms keep on raging we need to know how to deal with storms that are raging in our lives I got a few points I want you to write these down and then I'm out here because I want you to walk around with some 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 action points on how to deal with the storms in your life. The first thing you need to know when you find yourself in a storm, regardless of the cause, is you need to, this is gonna sound strange, you need to talk to the storm spotters. Yeah, talk to the storm spotters. The simplest way to spot a storm and know what to do in it is the most neglected way. People don't do the easiest thing available to them. See, see, there are people sitting in this congregation right now who have weathered some terrible storms, who have had their lives literally turned upside down by some storms. In fact, some of them can say, like the mighty clouds of joy saying, I've been in the storm too long. And despite the fact that we have all these folks sitting here who have this wealth of knowledge about how to deal with storms, we won't turn around and talk to the storm spotters. No, 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 no. See, some of these storm spotters have been talking to you in your life. They, baby, leave him alone. Or else a storm is going to come. But we won't talk to the storm spotter. Now we've been talking, they've been talking to us and telling us, if you live your life this way, there's a certain outcome that's going to befall you. The storm spotters have been warning us, they've been sending up the little, you know that sound? They've been telling you all your life, the weather alert has been going off and yet we won't talk to the storm spotters. You need to give them the honor and respect they're doing. I need to tell you this, all storm spotters don't have gray hair. Some folks sitting up in here with a full head of hair, black as the night can be, or brown, or whatever you bought, they can be. And they will tell you that even though they're young, they've been through a whole lot of storms. And some folk in here who know how to weather, how to weather a storm. And what they'll tell you is what I believe all the common, the common uh, symphony will be is what wonderful advice you can get when you keep the Lord in the middle of your storm. Yeah, yeah. Talk 
to the storm spotters. The next thing you need to do when you talk to the storm spotters is you need to stay in the boat. Oh, oh yeah, you, you need to stay in, in the boat. Too often we find ourselves going into a storm or in the middle of a storm or, and we find ourselves giving up, throwing in the towel. We get so tired and we feel like the world is just dumping on us. You've seen the commercial where the person is walking and the rain is just coming down on them. Nobody else around them is getting wet. That's how we feel when storms are raging in our lives. And I, I'm sure that the saints of old, the saints here in this congregation will tell you, when you talk to seasoned sailors, folk who've been at sea in all kinds of circumstances, I know, and I'm not a sailor, but I know from common sense that they'll tell you one thing uniformly. And that one thing is, if you are in the middle of a storm, please, please stay in the boat. Don't get out of the boat when you're in the middle of a storm. Don't quit when you're in the middle of a, of a storm. Stay in the boat. Don't give up in the middle of a storm. Stay in the boat. Don't jump overboard in the middle of a storm. Stay in the boat. Don't take off your life vest when you're in the middle of a storm. Stay in the boat. What you're saying, Reverend Sparks, for many of us, the church is the boat. Some folk have called it the old ship of Zion. And when trouble and storms come in our lives, the very first thing we want to do is jump out the boat. We want to run away from the folk in the boat. We don't want to come to the church. We run away from the church. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that when you find yourself in the middle of a storm, the very place you need to be is in the boat. Yeah, oh, 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 it may be an old boat. It may even be a leaky boat. Yeah, yeah, it may be not the same kind of boat you want to ride in. But when you're in the middle of a boat, of a storm, that's not time to change ships. No, 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 no. You need to make sure you stay firmly in the ship that you're comfortable with where you know where all the equipment is, where you know where the life preservers are, where you know where the ones are who can seal up the hole. You need to make sure when you find yourself in the middle of a storm that you stay in the boat. Thousands of people have sailed the old ship of sign. They've been through some trouble. But guess what, y'all? They stayed. They stayed in the boat. In addition to talking to the storm spotters and staying in the boat, I think the most, one of the more significant points, and this is it and I'm out of here, when you got a storm going on, you need to drop your anchor in the right place. Oh yeah, make sure you drop your anchor in the right place. Nobody can give us direction on this any better than Paul. Paul is the subject of this verse that I told you to read at the beginning of this at the beginning of this sermon. Paul finds himself at sea on his way to Rome for the last time, on his way to the storm of his life, on his way to being tried 
on his way to being martyred for the cause of Christ. And he finds himself at sea. Luke is there with him if you go back and read it. He's got a few people who are going to be in Rome with him. But before they can get to Rome, Paul and his companions find themselves at sea in the middle, not of one storm, but a mighty storm. A storm that wants to run them down and is chasing them all the way down the coastline, Reverend Johnson. A storm so big that it lasted for 14 days. Paul is in the middle of a storm. And no matter what they do, the folk on the boat can't seem to get the ship under control. You want to know how big this storm is and how important storms are in your life. The whole chapter 27 in Acts of the Apostles is devoted to the subject of storms. God knew we would be going through storms in our lives and he wanted us to have a way to deal with them. And he let Paul be our example. Don't you know that the lessons we learn in life come at somebody else's expense? You might be able to sit up and listen, but somebody else had to live it. And right now we got an opportunity to learn from the storm that Paul went through. And I tell you, it was interesting watching the men on the boat. They did everything they could. The Bible said that they couldn't guide the ship. The storm was just tossing it to and fro doing what it wanted to do with the storm and so they let the ship go they stopped trying to guide the ship my bible says and the storm just kept on raging they pulled down the sails on the ship thinking that that would help keep them from tossing to and fro but more but the storm just kept on raging they started throwing cargo over the side thinking maybe if I get some folk, I mean some stuff, out of my life. If I get rid of some things, that's going to make my ship less likely to turn over. But guess what? The storm just kept on raging. Yeah, they were in the storm for 14 days. No sunshine during the day. No stars at night to guide them by. Didn't matter the circumstances. The storm just kept on raging. They gave up, I read it to you at the beginning, all hope of being saved. They might have had some hope three days in, Reg, but that hope started disappearing slowly but surely. After five days, they had a little less hope. After seven days, they were wringing their hand and had a little less hope. They got down to 10 days and were about to mutiny and jump overboard. Hope was running away fast. And by day 14, verse 20 says that they had given up any hope of surviving the storm. So much so that the one who was supposed to be leading the charge, the one who was supposed to be keeping everybody calm, the one who was supposed to be directing it, the captain of the vessel, who was supposed to go down with the ship, the captain had lost hope to the point that he started saying farewell to the folk on the, on the ship, hugging everybody and telling them, I'll see you at the shipyard in the sky. I'll see you when we sail in greener pastures. I mean, green and set in calmer seas. He started saying goodbye. Little did they know that down below the deck was Paul. And the Bible said that Paul came up from his cabin 
and looked at them as they were there wringing their hands. And Paul said, why y'all have been here fighting the storm, wrestling with the ship, trying to do things your way, trying to call on everything but the one who can control anything. While you've been doing this, I've been downstairs having a prayer meeting. Oh yeah, Paul said, I've been having a prayer meeting. And while I was down there, the angel of the Lord, I didn't make it up, it's in the scripture. So the angel of the Lord came and stood by me. Stood by me. Gave me promises that we would be okay. The angel of the Lord. Yeah, you find yourself in a storm. But you got to make sure when you're in the middle of a storm that you're talking to the right one. Too many of us want to run and talk to folk who can't do nothing for you. In fact, you usually find somebody that's in the middle of a storm themselves. How are they gonna save you or help you when they can't help themselves? So Paul said, instead of worrying, Reverend Johnson, he spent his time praying and the Lord sent him an angel to stand right by him. Guess what? You've had somebody standing by you too. Oh yeah, though the storm has been raging in your life, Somebody has been keeping you. I didn't say something. I said somebody. God is somebody. He's, he's been keeping you. See, this is what Paul prayed. He said, when the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Yeah, yeah. He said, when the storms of life, Lord, are raging, I need you to stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, Thou who rulest the wind and the water, Lord, I need you to stand by me. Paul said that the storms kept coming and they cast their anchors, hear me. Everybody else had been dealing with what was going on up top. But Paul came and told them, cast your anchor and wait for the day. Drop your anchor and wait for the day. friends. I got news for you. When the storms of life are raging, the sails on the top of your boat won't get you out of that storm. No, 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 no. It's not the sails on the top of your boat that are going to save you. What, what do you mean, Reverend Spall? Many of us think when we find ourselves in a storm, it's our up top stuff, our connections. It's our money. It's the folk we know who are going to help us in the middle of that storm. But the sails won't help you when you're in the middle of a storm. When you're in the middle of a storm, it's the anchor that's going to help you. And you need to make sure you drop your anchor into a solid foundation. Paul dropped his anchor in the Lord. And I got news for you. The Lord will hold every time. The Lord will keep you sure. He'll keep you from drifting. He'll take care of you. One songwriter said it this way, you know, Douglas Miller, he said, though the storms keep on raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. I believe Douglas was reading Paul when he said this. He said, still that hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know 
he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. I love him. Come here, three boys in the fire. I love him. Come here, Daniel. I love him. But if the storm don't cease and if the wind keep on blowing, I don't worry about it, y'all. You might not see Andre no more. Don't worry about him. I won't have the opportunity to fellowship with you on this side anymore. If the storm keeps on raging in my life, don't worry about me because my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Some of you came in today and you're struggling. You've been drifting and floating and you need a foundation that is going to be sure and very sure. I'm asking you to drop your anchor. I'm telling you, you need to drop your anchor into a firm foundation. Not into sinking sand, but a firm foundation. I'm suggesting, I'm encouraging you, I beseech you to drop your anchor into Jesus Christ. Give him the opportunity to be the foundation of your life. He will hold you fast. He'll bless you. He'll bless you. He'll take care of you. He'll keep you. He'll never forsake you. It doesn't matter how strong the winds are. It doesn't matter how strong the water is. But he'll hold you in every circumstance. Have you tried him? He died for you. He died for you. He knew something about storms. And he died for you. It's my, my honor to invite you right now to be a part of his family. I invite you to come and drop your anchor in the Lord's family. Yeah, I want you to be a part of 45th Street, but I want you to be a part of Jesus Christ's family, more importantly. Won't you give him your life today? Won't you give him the opportunity to stand with you in the midst of the storms? As the choir stands to sing a song, the doors of our church are wide open for candidates for baptism never been baptized before, never been baptized in a Baptist church. I offer you the invitation. If you've been in this church and something has pulled you away, today is the day for you to come back and join us again. The doors are open for you. Maybe you've been a part of another congregation and you haven't found yourself as firmly entrenched as you want to be. Then here's the opportunity for you to come today and join a church that's not perfect. We get rocked we, we drift and we float a little bit too, but our souls have been anchored in the Lord. And so I'm offering you the opportunity to join us right now. Whosoever will, come on right now. Well, there you have it. My prayer is that this sermon, this message has been a blessing to you. If you desire more information about 45th Street or any information you need about the Lord, I invite you to visit us at our website. 45bc.org or come see us in our church in our church home at 7600 Division Avenue. Again, my name is Andre Sparks and I can't wait to see you so you can find out why we're striving to be the friendliest church from the parking lot to the pulpit. God bless you. Take care.